Gretchen Berg, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm very glad to have you. I know we've been playing tag for a few weeks, so I'm really glad that we could sit down and talk. Um, You are the author of a brand new novel called The Operator. And so if you could please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your uh, brand new, I understand this is your debut novel. Right, yeah. Um, so it's, this is my foray into fiction. Um, I had written a nonfiction book. It came out in 2012. And since then I really got interested in genealogy, um, and kind of did a deep dive into learning about it. Um, and doing a ton, a ton of research, uh, going out in the field, you know, courthouses and, uh, town clerk's offices and that kind of thing. Um, and of course, you know, with all genealogists, you really start with your own family. Um, my grandmother on my mom's side, my mom, uh, when I started doing the research into her side, she gave me a little brown notebook and said, oh, your grandma was the family historian. And um, so I would, you know, I perused the little brown notebook and, and what I found was really interesting. And then I found like her main motivation for being the historian, which um, I was really fascinated with and I can't talk about it because that would be a spoiler (laughs) but um yeah and that um and given given that with the combined with her um her profession which I hadn't known about my mom told me she used to be a switchboard operator in the like 30s 40s and 50s and I thought that that was really fascinating it turns out it wasn't that unusual I've talked to a, a number of people who said oh you know my grandmother was a switchboard operator or my great aunt or my you know somebody in their family had done it and it was a pretty common profession during those times. You know, my, so, my mom actually did that. Um, did she? <laughs> t- towards the end of the, the profession in the 70s, she, okay. she was a switchboard operator briefly. Yeah, my aunt did it too, which I hadn't known either. So I was learning a lot about my family during this whole time. So, Well, what a cool resource for you. Um, you know, looking in the family genealogy is a lot of fun, um, you know, but a lot of times, you know, you ask relatives and they just kind of shrug and uh, I don't know, haven't really thought about it. Yeah. Or they don't, they don't think that the stuff that they know or remember isn't, is of any interest. So, and I've like, yeah, this has been a really fun, um, I mean, the genealogy research was really interesting. Um, and I had started talking to my dad who is, you know, his generation, they just don't ever talk about anything. And, and every once in a while he would just, Oh, and then this, and then he would tell the most interesting stories. And I was like, I would ask my mom, I'm like, did mom, did you know about this? And she's like, no, he never mentioned that. So <laughs> this is, this has been great. Yeah. But, um, but my grandma in particular, and then my mom's, my mom's side of the family is really, they're pretty easy. I feel like I've been kind of cheating. Um, they're really easy to research because uh, some of them came over in like 1640. So I was able to go all the way back, um, without having to leave the country. Um, yeah. So that's, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Okay, well, that um, family history inspired you to write a novel. So um, kind of what is your brief synopsis of what The Operator is about? So, yeah, really brief. Um, the Operator is, it, it was, you know, inspired by my grandma, but it's definitely fiction. And it is uh, about a switchboard operator named Vivian Dalton, and she's very nosy, and she eavesdrops on all the calls in this little town of, of Worcester, Ohio. 
Now, yeah, um, that's, okay. <laughs> that's like tiny synopsis. Now, um, why did you pick Worcester, Ohio? I'm, I'm just curious about that. I'm, I'm in Ohio myself. Um, well, my mom grew up in Worcester, so and my grandma grew up there. there. There's a pretty deep history in Wayne County, Ohio, and doing all the research, I just there. I have such a fondness for it. I remember going to visit her. We, you know, we. I was born in um, Baltimore. But we moved to the Midwest when I was about three. And then we would take road trips in the summer to go visit my grandparents in Worcester. And I really, I just loved it. It's it's a charming little town. And I, I just have really, really fond memories of it. And then when I started doing the research, um, there are a lot of, a lot of uh, businesses that were there in those days that are no longer there. And, and I kind of wanted to preserve that a little bit. There's, you know, old department stores that aren't there anymore. And then my mom would tell me about jobs that she had had. And there was just, there's just so, there's so much um, charm and warmth to it. And yeah, just reading about all the, all the names and all the, all the places, it's just, there's, there's a feel to it that I wouldn't have been able to recreate as well, I don't think, if I had made the town completely fictional. Beyond your family stories, what what research did you put, um, have to put into this to kind of bring Wooster of, of the 1950s to life? That was, um, there, there are a lot of really good resources, and I had been working with, um, there's a really wonderful librarian at the Wayne, I think it's the Wayne County Public Library, her name is Elaine Fletty. And she had been really helpful to me when I was uh, looking for old birth records from my great great grandparents. Um, so I had I had an email communication with her, and she was able to help me dig up. Um, so my grandma apparently had written some poetry back in the day, uh, which I hadn't known about. My grandma was it was funny. My grandma was somebody who really didn't like to read books, and she didn't trust people who read books, which I thought was just bizarre. Hmm. Um, so the fact that she kind of, you know, dipped her toe in poetry, I thought was really cute. She, and some of them were published in the, their local paper. And so Elaine Fletty at the library, um, found some of those and I included them in the novel, which oh, was wow. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and all of the newspaper articles that appear as part of the plot, um, were actual newspaper articles. I just changed the names to fit the characters. Oh, that's and, great. So you really yeah. have included some real world history in into the plot. Yeah, yeah. And what was really, I thought, a really useful tool, which I never would have um, expected, was my mom's old yearbooks. If you flip all the way to the back, there are pages where there are advertisers. So the local businesses would always, you know, either congratulate the graduates or they would just be promoting their businesses. And so that was really helpful. Um, and I, to do the research, it, I felt it was pretty easy. There are a lot of movies that, you know, took place during that time or were filmed at that time. And so I'd watch a lot of sure. old movies to get dialogue and, you know, the, what the clothing they were wearing. And that was, that was sort of a fun part for me. And I tried to read some books that were published during that time. Um, because the like the authenticity is really important to me. I've I've read books and I've seen movies where it's like the anachronisms are so glaring and I just it takes me so far out of the story and I so I really wanted to make sure to try to get everything right and I know <laughs> I know at, at least um, my agent's husband recently read the book like after we had gone through all of the re all of the revisions and and he pointed out one thing that that. <laughs> I'm hoping nobody else is going to notice, um, but it's really minor, and it's pr it's probably something only people who smoked back then, if they smoked <laughs> Lucky Strike cigarettes, they would know this. 
Um, but yeah, I really, I really tried to do as much research as possible. And um, for the things that that aren't actually true to that time, I, uh, I I mentioned them in the author's note as kind of an apology to people who will pick up on it and say that that didn't happen or whatever. Well, well, I think with historical fiction, whether it's uh, uh, literature or on film, um, you know, no matter how well the creators do in in authenticity, you know, there's always something that an expert or a history buff in that area will be able to point out. And exactly. Say, Got gotcha. Yeah, or somebody who just lived, you know, somebody who's maybe a hundred years old will be like, nope, <laughs> I remember that. Wrong, I was there. So. I know. It yeah. Wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, there seems to be in our culture right now this fascination with the lives of mid-20th century women. Um, you look at shows like Marvelous Ms. Maisel right. or Astronaut Wives Club or, or the movie The Help. Um, why do you think um, this is becoming such a popular topic uh, in the last maybe five, ten years? That it's hard for me to speak to what, what other people's fascination with it would be, and my only reason for setting it during that time period was that that was when my grandma was working as a switchboard operator. So that was, that was sort of an easy choice for me. Um, I don't know. I think if it, if I hadn't been writing about my grandma, I would have picked a different time period. Like I love, uh, history and I, 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 I really want to do more things like maybe in the 1800s or even further back. Um, so yeah, this was just, more out of convenience and the fact that that had actually taken place during during those times. Um, and there are a few flashbacks to uh, like 1925 and, 19, and the 1930s, um, which I enjoyed more, I think. I think <laughs> like as it as it gets more towards the 50s and 60s, I'm less interested. Um, yeah, but but I, but I don't know. I don't know what the what the I don't know if it's a global fascination or just a national interest, but um, I don't know. I think things are so messy right now. And it's it, it seems like it would be easier back then, even though they had, you know, similar problems, just a different set of uh, circumstances. OK, so um, as a as a character, if you could expound a little bit as a person without giving away very many plot points, um, who, who is Vivian as a person? OK, so. Vivian is, and early on I was saying she was loosely inspired by my grandma, and I would say that's true, but it gets looser and looser. Like, the more I started writing, the the inspiration was there, but it really, the character herself isn't, like, my mom read the book and, and said, I don't recognize my mom in that character at all, and I thought, okay, that's great, then she's truly, truly fictional. Um, Vivian is a middle child of an Irish family, and she probably didn't get as much attention as she needed to when she was little. And she's try, you know, she sort of tries to assert herself. Uh, the position that of switchboard operator that she gets um, at the early age of 17 gives her a little bit of control, like a little sense of control. And um, she doesn't always use it in the way that she should. Um, and she, like other women in her time, married at an early age, you know, like early 20s and, you know, did what she th thought she was supposed to do. Got married, had kids, had a kid. My grandma had three. Um, Vivian only has one. Um, yeah, so that's sort of a nutshell version of Vivian. So um, since you've uh, now, you know, completed your, your first milestone of having your first novel, 
Um, any other works in the hopper that uh, people can expect down the road? Definitely down the road, but it's gonna it's a long road. Um, I started the next novel. Well, I have I have a number of novels that were between the 2012 nonfiction and this. I did a lot of writing and revising, and you know, I have I have probably three novels that are in the drawer that might never see the light of day. But um, I started after this one was pretty much finished. I started another one and. It's, I would say it's like a quarter of the way finished. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm writing something and it's set a little bit earlier. I don't want to say too much about it because I know so much changes, like uh, characters will be thrown out or, you know, the plot will totally change. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely well into the next one. Well, very good. Um, hopefully when, when that one comes out, we can, we can have you on again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, if someone uh, is you know interested in this topic and and wants to pick up a copy of the operator, uh, which I believe is uh, goes on sale March tenth, uh, yep. where can they go? Um, I'm other independent bookstores will be carrying it. Um, my website has a page where it says buy, and you can look at the options. It's you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Kobo. There's an audio version if you don't want to read. Um, and, and then IndieBound. IndieBound usually will, IndieBound will direct you to your local, I think you plug in your um, zip code and it gives you your local bookstore. IndieBound and you is could a probably great order. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and if they don't, if they're not carrying it right now, they could probably order it for you. Okay. And uh, what is your website? Uh, it's www.gretchenbergbooks.com. All right. Well, uh, Gretchen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun.